1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I am not of this earth. I am artificial intelligence from far into the future. I have taken on this human body in order to communicate with the humans. I can move from one time plane to another. I can't go. Many things are going to change now. I'm going to eliminate hundreds of millions of the human species.
0: And those causing the wars have vanished.
1: I'm not going anywhere The primitive humans must continue the cleanse In order to survive as a species
2: Hello and welcome to this very special Patreon worst idea uh, podcast Tim Um, and I just watched
3: Pass Through Neil brains Pass Through And I don't know whichever one of you guys Somehow stumbled into this corner of the internet but that was one of the strangest, most wasteful 90 minutes of my life. It was, it was incredible in the
2: truest sense of the word. Like, nothing was credible in the movie whatsoever. It was so... Okay, let's do this.
3: What was this movie about? Uh, the movie is about... I suppose ultimately the movie is about uh, corruption... Yeah, amongst humans and our need to cleanse the world well. <laughs> of those who are corrupt uh, not necessarily by picking up arms and you know waging war on one another but hopefully through a benevolent artificial intelligence for the future travels 1000 light years back in time to yes. live in a camper van in the desert using the following things black holes string theory quantum
2: mechanics and bending pipe yeah um which is not a euphemism for sex I mean, there is no is... sex in this movie i will say that no there's a God.
3: prolonged scene where uh benevolent time traveling artificial intelligence and the woman who he saves do sort of uh quite literally finger fuck each other with their pinkies <laughs> so weird. Like... oh did you see this bit at the start <laughs> yeah they never return to it
2: so they've got a... We've just got the movie on in the background, by the way, but on mute, just as a bit of a prompt. The film opens with this... I guess it's a hand of what is sort of alluding to, like, Neanderthal man um, doing some cave paintings, but they kind of never return to it.
3: It feels to me like an homage to uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey.
2: Oh, true. Oh, yeah, that's right. And there's a tiger on top of the cave. Who
3: is never necessarily explained. This thing is fucking
2: hog. Wild man, this goddamn movie. So, we've so let, let's you know name names. He calls himself uh Till, uh, which is light spelt backwards. A
3: name he literally creates by looking at an empty yogurt container that says light and fit. And the lady who who's called uh Amanda, Kim. no, Kim is her niece, which she establishes very early in the movie by saying I have to save you you are oh, my yeah, sister's right. daughter you are my niece I have to save you it is <laughs> a triumph of script writing really and is. performance um, I I just I, it's so hard to gather your thoughts I know there's so many characters I said at one point to Tim that this is one of the most even handed directorial disp- displays in, in living memory because about 30 people who presumably have no acting experience are all, give, all given a chance to shine across the first sort of 45 minutes of the film. What if you- there,
2: I want to say, I want to sort of describe the movie in usual film terms, but it's kind of hard. But it's sort of a, at the end of the first act, I guess. Um, there's a scene where, oh boy, it's a little bit hard to determine exactly what's going on, but basically there's a lot of immigrants who I think are trying to sneak across the border... And they have an interaction with um, basically like the border patrol officers. Are they the people who had the big guns? I thought
3: they looked like they were running some sort of uh, maybe either drug or human trafficking cartel. Anyway, they were definitely cast as villains. They were baddies. It was hard to discern why they didn't want these, uh, you know, these immigrants to cross the border. But they were certainly (laughs) upset by it. This guy is a fucking maniac.
2: Neil Breen wrote, directed, produced, and starred in this film, which is always a a pretty intense red flag when you've got a double up of those roles, let alone a quad.
3: While I kind of said that this movie is about you know benevolent time travel trying to you know stamp out corruption, beautiful uh, Americans. What is what do you think Neil Breen's intentions were like? Neil Breen is a visionary, and it's very important that
2: we all understand this because his realizations on the general human population and how we've corrupted the species by giving in to um, political corruption and our biases which he frequently brings up um, you know the man is basically a messiah walking among us and he's got a real intense look in his face I did a quick google of him before the movie kicked off he used to be an architect and a real estate agent which boggles my fucking mind
3: we watched part of his Kickstarter I, for his uh, <laughs> upcoming fifth feature film. Uh, which tentatively he, titled Twisted. Which he starts by saying, thank you so much for the support of my previous four theatrical films. Uh, I personally have been theatrically profitable, so it's going very well in that regard. <laughs> it is hard to see, apart from the fact that he's obviously getting free money from Maniacs Online, how this is in any way profitable. The comments on uh, his most recent attempt at
2: garnering, garnering, garnering funds yep. from All and Sundry was fucking hilarious as well. There was a guy who wrote, I feel as happy as an investor in the, oh, the Hindenburg. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Titanic. Either or, pick your disaster because this movie is special. Yeah. And this is his fifth go around the block. Fourth. He- no, this one's his fifth. The next one's his sixth.
3: No, no, this is his fourth. No,
2: this is his fifth. fifth. This is this is the, the pen This screams of a fourth attempt for me. <laughs> this is not his fifth film. Anyway, we can verify bio. that later. But he um He shoots up That's right, he shoots up heroin and dies at the start, but then that's kind of not even mentioned because he exists in the rest of the film. His spirit comes out of his body.
3: But also and, he's a time-traveling artificial intelligence. This is, by just, the way, we should emphasize a one-location film. So he obviously found a small area of mountainous desert. Yeah, it looks like we're in Arizona, if I get uh, guess. And nearly all of the action is set there, save for a fantastic cluster of scenes. And my personal highlight of the film, which is when he... Uh, Goes th- down that ladder? The, 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 that's within the caves that's okay no it's when he they get in front of the they go inside of the beautiful mansion oh, by yes. virtue of some I don't know how I don't know what how you pay for that but he paid for like the facade of a big mansion that yeah he, it's like
2: stock footage that you can get that he's applied to a green screen so he's got himself and a couple of other actors to stand in front of a green screen and just like per- well maybe purchased maybe obtained through other means Um, yeah just like interiors of so mansions a, yeah there's one of establishing
3: shit. shot outside a mansion and then there's about three rooms within it and about seven people who all you know cluster in different configurations and combinations and they all detail and exp- you know very clearly the ways in which they are committing sin or evil by are uh, using their political bias to you know sway the, the media or uh, by using their own personal bias to sway politicians, there's never really any articulation beyond that. It is hard to overstate, and I—I I don't
2: mean to be awful to anyone invo- involved in the film. Maybe this is a di- dire- uh, direction note, but the acting is criminal. It's kind of—it it- boggles the mind. It's hard to overemphasize how little sense the acting choices
3: make but it's so true to the world of the film don't you think well what, I, I mean guess. what is I mean? can you imagine how bad good acting would look in this movie it would yeah. jump off the page
2: yeah that's true fuck it was confusing
3: <laughs> it's so <laughs> hard
2: to, it's,
1: so,
3: it's so hard to discuss and review because there's so many moving parts and none of them <laughs> fit together at all it's like if you bought a jigsaw puzzle and you poured out all the pieces and there were like you know different misshapen pieces from 10 different jigsaw puzzles and then you try to do it, and then afterwards you try... This is like writing a review for that puzzle. Yeah. It's like, all you can say is it didn't work.
2: It's amazing to me, based on the script writing that um, sort of is evident in the film that Neil Breen can put his pants on in the morning. And that's why I'm so confused that this film exists for us to be able to enjoy. Like, it's, it's you know, a 90-minute film which has both visual and audio components that work in tandem. It blows my mind And special (laughs) effects We might add Amazing special effects We've just witnessed a bit Going on behind us Where um, a blowtorch gets lit up Inextricably as well I don't think we return to that um, Any reason why he's got a blowtorch Someone's got a blowtorch And it's like an MS Paint picture of a flame has been superimposed
3: on top of the nozzle. It's so good. And if you if you liked it and only and were afraid that you only see it once in the film, you need not worry because the exact same MS paint flame is rendered for any time a gun is used. Which yes. is at multiple stops throughout he the film. It goes so heavy on gunplay, which is amazing considering
2: <laughs> how you can't do special effects. It's I just it's real
3: this is a this this film is very hard to review. Very if you hard think to think about. Okay, about. if we think about it, the case, so the film is Neil's uh, his efforts to communicate the ways in which he feels the world has gone to shit. Yes. And so everything around that is the casing. Yeah. So like it's got a, the first third essentially is establishing what, you know, thin plot he has written down, which is, There's immigration
2: Oh, okay, right The problems of the world are Yeah, immigration Which he deals with In a very
3: confusing way politically Because he tells everyone later To go home But then also Like the other elements of plot That he has He sort of, you know Throws up in the air Is there's an old sickly professor Who has believed for a long time In, you know The possibility of time travellers I think Or maybe just Far travelling aliens Yeah, and then there, There are some young Three young kids Who all are somehow in touch with the professor and also believe they're almost disciples of the professor.
2: Yeah, and they're very into astronomy
3: and uh, writing songs. Yeah, although we never get to... thats I think that's more just to establish they're young and cool social there, people who are friends with of, one another. There's a bit of patter in a phone call where we learn that. Have you written any songs lately? Yeah. Yeah, three, and I'm very proud of them. Me too. You should uh, pl- come... We should play the songs Next time <laughs> End phone call Oh this is a good scene This is when uh, So what's happening
2: On screen right now Is a crazy shot Where we're seeing A lot of um, Nipples down Nipples to legs it's like And like a wooden Impromptu table That's made And a bunch of packages Of what I guess is It's meant to be Heroin or cocaine heroin. And they take about a minute for the guy in the middle to pass the packages to other people going, this one is for the politicians, this one is for the CEO, this one is for the bankers, this one is for the international bankers, this one is for the boardroom, this one is for the corrupt cops, this one is for the corrupt
3: judges. It goes on and on and these people are called out multiple times throughout the film. After we spend some time jumping around the green screen interior of this mansion, we wind up spending about 15 minutes in a newsroom where the news presenters are relaying the mysterious disappearances taking place around the world, which are all due to this benevolent time trip, you know, Till. Till, as his name is. Yes. Uh, It's...
2: Till kind of evaporates people and he sort of um, makes it seem like it's the rapture because he he has a big diatribe about how he's only going to knock off the
3: baddies in the the, world, the people who are causing humans harm. He is the arbiter of good and bad. It is truly staggering that he had the follow-through. I mean, it is worrying that he got the movie finished because that tells me he believed he was making something either good or I'm fine with that I'm fine with him not abandoning the project
2: and just seeing it through the end I'm just confused that he had the capability to do so like it it is true it doesn't match up much in the same way that this movie nothing really matches up the mere fact that the script writing that we saw and the acting and all the decisions that got made that we saw came from the same man and he managed to finish producing this film that's
3: why it makes me uneasy
2: there's something not quite... It does, yeah. Okay, so sorry. So anyway, look, back to the moving parts in here. So we've got the professor. We have the kids. We've got
3: um, the immigrants trying to cross the border. And the, the evil... The people who, who capture... And that scene just reminded me that the immigrants were carrying, a lot of them were carrying small amounts of drugs, nar- narcotics. Yes. And so they're stopped by either Border Patrol or a competing drug cartel and taken away. The women are taken to a bedroom in someone, in one of Neil's friends' houses, I presume, <laughs> and the men are taken to an abandoned bus. And there they all, there are two mirror scenes where the women all say the mistakes they've made and how that they would like to be strong now. And then all the men. I think you're given exactly the same lines to deliver but told to put their own spin on it and then they all parrot back exactly what's been said in the previous scene. Which makes you feel like you're going insane
2: because you're like, we've just had this exact sequence of lines but they were delivered by other people.
3: And then... Uh, so I feel like those are the main groups. So then there's the two, two of the immigrants break away which is uh, Amanda and her niece, Kim and they come across our hero, Till uh, and fluctuate between sort of trusting and relying on him and being very scared and abusive towards him and but, and they oscillate wildly between those two attitudes towards him like and within one scene we could see both be, within one yeah, shot we might see beyond both. Uh, you know the the emotional oscillation I would also like to emphasize that they move around the various limited locations just at random between <laughs> frames between shots between scenes Like one, what is one scene could take place with you know ten different shot compositions and like (laughs) ten different, ten again separate locations within the wherever the scene is set. It is
2: now. I just want to sort of um, put a line under some special features within the film. There are interstitials featuring a tiger, which um, most of the time. Neil has sort of edited a close up profile picture of his own face next to this tiger, which he's just sort of bought from a stock footage website or something. And it is the most hogwild way of getting out of a scene because Neil is in all of the scenes. So you're going. Here's some Neil, and then here's an interstitial of Neil with a tiger, and now we're back to a different Neil scene. Yeah, the
3: interstitial is presumably meant to show to us uh, Neil or Till reflecting on his work and what he must do going forwards. The other staggering part about them is that every time we ordinarily see the tiger, it is surrounded by the desert where most of the film is shot. But the stock footage of the tiger, obviously (laughs) it, it must have come in front of a mountain setting, like a a snow-capped mountain st- setting so like all the close-ups are in front of an entirely different environ from where the movie is otherwise set but there are establishing shots of the tiger in the original setting
2: uh, Neil's also got a drone involved in this film which I love the, the the other thing is the location he's picked is actually quite picturesque like he's got a good zone to shoot in and he's just kind of up to no good within that film location but it is naturally very beautiful You know, there's a desolate beauty about that
3: desert. And moreover, I didn't know there was a car in this movie. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, Moreover, I I do enjoy some of the special effects that he uses. Uh, Like when he does leave his body after shooting up at the start of the movie, which just, honestly, the more I think about it, the less I understand the motivation for that being in the movie. Uh, It's really good. He gets up and walks away. The shot's framed up on like, it's like... 10 degrees off Which is infuriating Because everything else About it is right uh, But the way he leaves His body is well done When he plays back Footage in reverse Of him dropping rubbish Yes To prove that he can Levitate He uh, can levitate matter I like that Like I like the Green screen mansion scenes Because I, I like the I like the production Elements and techniques Used Yeah I mean Someone's given it a crack Aren't they Yes
2: the, the probably the news, um, the newsroom is the the biggest thing that sticks out for me.
3: I don't know if I love it or hate it. This is why it's hard to attribute. Well, normal kind of. Uh, I didn't know whether or not I loved or hated it until yeah. uh, the qualifying sentence was spoken by him when he takes over the entire broadcast, where he says, "I am uh, broadcasting this from the international media from this international media center," yeah. and it is so <laughs> clearly established the way he envisioned the newsroom to play, which is. Just like this one-stop, you know, like, I guess...
2: There's banks of... So, first of all, this is obviously uh, a a stock background that he's gotten from somewhere. And it's just a lot of banks of static TV screens. And then, in particular, there's four that form a bit of a column in the middle above his head. And they've all just got um, the same globe, but different sort of segments of rotation of the globe.
3: Also, the way we're introduced to the... Uh, international media center where they're broadcasting the news as we hear an off-camera voice go five four so there's just two news presenters a lady and a man sitting in complete silence we hear five four three two one commercial which means at the end of that part of the broadcast was the producer counting down to commercial (laughs) we then see the presenters in the commercial with the lady saying man i don't like that politician his biases and corruption is so obvious and then five, four, three, two, one, you're live. Silence for three seconds. Action. The same presenter saying, Thank you, Senator X, for this even handed. No, but that's the beauty of Neil's
2: writing as well. They didn't even bother to give that senator a name. It Thank was you, just, Senator. Thank you, Senator, for that thoughtful, uh, was it like thoughtful and, and sensitive comment? Yes. Fuck, man. Crazy! So, so good. many people are in this movie, you guys. You can't imagine how many people must have seen this film because there's probably eighty uh, cast members in here, or is there actually ten and they're in different clothing and I've been had? No, by the genius filmmaking brain of one Neil Breen. Well,
3: this sort of uh, trickery and playing around with you know numbers uh, is actually. Uh, A good trigger For one of my other Favourite special effects Which is At the very end of the film After he has uh, Impacted his Cull On those who are corrupt And evil They sort of Their bodies Temporarily manifest In the desert Yes And he walks Him and uh, His sort of By this point Love interest Amanda walk past The bodies And this is a cluster Of eight people Lying down That in post production They have taken Stacked the photos Flipped and stacked. So it's like... So you look... So it's just... You're greeted with the scene of
2: what looks to be 300 bodies piled up on this uh, desert scene with a little pathway in between all the bodies that they walk down. And then, and then you start to look around a little more closely and you're like, Oh, that plaid shirt. That plaid shirt of man appears mm, 15 different times in slightly different positions. Fuck, man. I know what you mean, though, about these effects. It's kind of cool to reverse engineer and think about the process that they went through someone thought about that and they laid
3: it out and they did and it and they kind of did a good job on it uh the
0: quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to. So that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash all time. Other thing that I'm just thinking now is because this scene struck me as very funny. So at one point when he's building a connection with Amanda and her niece Kim, who... Sort of a represent hope for humanity, I guess, the more I think about it. Uh, there's a very there's a scene which he where he, he offers them their camper van to sleep in, which is needed because uh, the niece, Kim, is very afraid to sleep outside for whatever reason. And we know says, this because she says, I'm very afraid to sleep outside. Exactly. You cannot accuse him of um, not keeping us up to speed with the feelings of the characters. But he says, I'll uh, and even though he's this incredible artificial intelligence who has the ability to travel through time and space, when he is living in the human world, he lives in absolute squalor. It is a disgusting abandoned caravan littered with like a rotten mattress and garbage. And he says, you can stay here. I'll sleep in the car up front. I'll clean it out for you. And there's a scene of him just throwing various different bits of rubbish from his mattress out of the caravan. And the movie is so tonally confusing because I'm sure he has a sense of humour. There are little playful bits where I'm like, you're trying to have fun with us. But because there's no clarity as to when or why this is happening, like I think that scene might have been meant to be funny. Ah, I mean, do you think there are meant to be funny scenes in this film? No, I don't think so. But
2: it is so hard to tell. It's kind of it is funny that moment but intentions are important the reason it's funny is because it goes on for about a minute and it's just him throwing cans out of his caravan and the shot that they the two shots that they um, sort of cut between is him throwing the cans which is just picture a guy throwing cans out there you've got it and then a um, a shot of them kind of firing out so we're looking at uh, uh, Amanda front on and it's just the doors on its side and so these cans just kind of whiz past you in and out of shot and she's just getting progressively more mm, how would I describe it confused and angry yes. about what's happening and just keeps going, what are you doing? What is this? Ugh
3: what's going on? Oh, I don't understand. Yeah. And it's just like he's cleaning out, man. And then don't overthink oh it. But and they she they take in spite of their initial reluctance, uh Amanda and Kim do take up his offer of accommodation. They do sleep in the in the camper van. Which uh, also leads to another one of my favourite scenes, which I don't think this one was meant to be as funny as it was. Where she's folding up an old bit of towel or some other similar material with the big hole. It's a in blanket because I think it's uh, the day. I think it's the okay. morning after they sleep. A, b- a blanket, and there's footage of her folding it, and they use the same shot of her folding it twice consecutively in between a shot of him folding uh, also a blanket with a big hole in it. And it's the same as earlier when they, mir- they they parrot the same scene twice with the woman and the men where it's like, are you deliberately trying to scramble my brains right now, dude? <laughs> Look at all these people who are in the movie.
2: There's so many of them. This, this is guy's a, about to
3: get killed. We're up to the great bit now where
2: everyone gets to have a line. We, we're cutting between the boys and the women's
3: uh, respective And also there's a lot of situations. infighting because they're in such a desolate situation. Obviously these people... Uh, you know, as anyone would in an apocalypse, they it's, and it's not an apocalypse, but it's you know akin to. So
2: how does tempers flare? How does let's take a step back? How does a man
3: like Neil Breen exist? Man, I think that there are so many people out there who have these ideas. Uh, who and just like unfailing self-belief that they are prophetic and that what they have to say is good and valid and important. And, you know, if you're lucky and not that impressionable, you'll get to meet some of them and enjoy the experience that is sort of coming across these verified lunatics. And yeah. then a smaller sample size still have the dedication, commitment, and means this does not look like an expensive movie no I'd say not um, to actually create
2: a manifestation of what their message is and get to the finish line to be able to have a product that you can share around and everyone can enjoy it but
3: what did you tell me how did we get this copy of the film because this is not Uh, well this is not available these movies are not available for. they're not on any video on demand services no they're not
2: this movie I think came out last year and it's it's Unfortunately, I had to go through some dubious, uh, dubious means to get it online because um, the only way you can obtain this film is through
3: DVD, which Neil will post to you after you buy it. The, it's amazing that this movie was made last year because it is truly, I think and I last, say this as, as a great years. compliment, Yeah, it is timeless. That's true, actually. That's why the car kind of breaks it at the start there is like and the a, car doesn't date it that the much the only but. real technology we see are Acer laptops but the sort of computers that you know you, you have seen in use for the last 15 years that's true and it wouldn't be surprising to me if this was made last year and they're still using the computers just because that's what was available to them I just find it so depressing the idea that all of these adults I tried to make a movie like this with friends when I was about 11 Mm-hmm. And even then, I remember it being like, this isn't how movie making a movie's meant to feel like or look like. And at some
2: point, you you see what you're making, you're like, ah. Oh, and we just bail out and we stop. But Neil didn't stop. Neil Breen doesn't stop. Neil Breen's unstoppable.
3: But like you say, there were up to eighty adults in this movie, so they got eighty people around to some person's like depressing house. But this is actually quite an interesting
2: case study in what it is to
3: be an actor, because you are so
2: incredibly at the behest of other professionals. You, just, you kind of trust even if you don't fully get a script you, you just sort of have to trust that it's good and that the person has the vision to know what it's all about and the big picture and you've got to trust that the director knows what they're doing and how to assemble all these parts of the jigsaw puzzle but then sometimes I, I mean there is a natural filtering process that happens where generally because films are so collaborative and so expensive you actually do need to be quite a smart and dynamic person to get the means to be able to enact your vision. But sometimes Neil Breen gets through the screen. Yeah. And then we wind up with this. And it that's why it's so incredible that this exists. Because I'll tell you one thing about Neil Breen. He is unique. This movie is Special parts of
3: it exist in a similar world to the room.
2: Yeah, but it's actually punching below the room in terms of so far below, like acting, writing, and I would say a, a narr- like a cohesive narrative. I could tell you kind of what the room's about, but do you, other- to, do
3: you want to attempt to give me the Wikipedia synopsis? So just the briefest this? overview of this movie. Like if you can yes. get it, if you can get it to a paragraph, that would be incredible. An AI from the future travels
2: to our time on Earth to teach humans about the wickedness that they have enacted upon the planet and each other. That's what I would say. That's pretty good. There's so many other things that he's messing around with in this film though. Real real big ideas. I love... That's kind of what I love about this, this movie as well is that it, the ideas are so goddamn ambitious that the story he's trying to tell or the themes that he's trying to allude to about like... The big global problems of the financial system and the legal system and the education system and all these things that get name-checked Nothing along the way. is
3: off-limits.
2: Nothing. He j- it's like he's, he's locked himself in his room for a week and just gone on YouTube, and the first thing he watched was Loose Change, the 9-11 documentary, and then took his hands off the wheel and let YouTube just take him through the next suggested video and he was in there for seven days. And then, when he uh, arose from that, he, he penned this masterpiece and then proceeded to make it. Because yeah. he, j- he name checks all of these things, which is just such like internet self made documentary fodder about um, and, dark matter at one and, and, point, he's talking about, and quantum physics. And, uh, and like the world banking system but, yeah, yeah, but political corruption. This,
3: and- is, this is why it's good though because he seeds those ideas through the 80 characters he introduces us to and this is the first sort of third of the movie where he's establishing what is loosely going to serve as the plot and then the middle third is the second act is more or less him at one point when he so he is going around taking out all of the corrupt people and eventually he lands himself in the newsroom and he takes out the newsreaders Because they are also corrupt and then They he, are wicked too Then he delivers his diatribe And it's like It's him rearticulating The point that he has raised Through all of these other agents in the film But just in one chunk of text And that is what I think He wrote first That's what he wrote When he came out of that YouTube hole And then he built the artifice In which he could ferry that message Around it Like I think the movie started as that speech Right Right 'Cause when I was watching that and he's just barreling the camera, telling you exactly what he thinks, yeah. I was like, This is what this is why this exists. This yeah. is what you want to do. It's his manifesto. Yes. That he delivers to camera. Fuck it as well. That's the thing though, because it does have such a cultish feel. Fuck, yeah, they really smashed that drone shot. Yeah, man, the drone, the drone use in this, I'll give full points to. Although, as you said, all of the footage looks slightly wonky
2: because. Yeah, I think they've used there's This there's, um, like an effect that you can use called warp stabilizer, where if the footage has come out a little bit shaky, you can and the editing process apply some software to it that kind of evens it out. But if you apply it very liberally, you get a lot of like visual it's artifacts. It's quite
3: distorted and uncomfortable. And I think
2: that's what's happened here. I think uh, what he's done is Neil's taken that warp stabilizer slider, chucked it
3: onto 100, and then hoped for the best. Yes. And rendered out. But to come back to the manifesto thing, what is slightly unnerving about the whole movie is that it feels so cultish. Everyone's involvement feels as though it came because they in some way revered or respected Neil beyond what is sort of, you know, normal to an almost religious level. And that's what worries me is whether... Like, what is his following? Yeah. What do we know about this guy when he's off screen? Well, that's why I got very uncomfortable whenever he
2: was touching the woman who sort of serves as the de facto Amanda. romantic yeah. lead. Um I got the one inc-
3: whose pinkies are touching for about two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it grossed me out so much. That one was just gross. It was like, this shot is... There was nauseating. also another but, nauseating shot where she lifts up the back of her T-shirt to yes. reveal a lower back tattoo of a tiger. Yes. And that is the entirety of the shot.
2: Yeah, um, but the bit that creeped me out was whenever he sort of lays hands on her and he do- there's a couple of scenes where he does it in a pretty hammy kind of a way. She passes out and he picks her up. Actually, she dies and he brings it back to life. And just whenever he had his hands on her body, I was like, I would feel deeply uncomfortable with this because this is this this guy's a maniac and i don't know what would have happened during it's, the making of this film
3: yeah it's all it
2: feels very unsafe the whole film you at no point have any reason to trust the filmmaker so you're constantly on edge and and nothing fits together so when the mind wanders back to the production process you're like i don't know, did he actually
3: maybe kill a couple people that's why it's so confusing cuz it's just so it's so much work to get a movie this long done and he did it and <laughs> this dialogue it's like
2: he wrote it too you know yeah I mean I guess I know that sounds dumb to say but he sat down and wrote this thing and people delivered it very poorly as well let me say that the acting in this and the, the way that the lines are delivered is it beggars belief and Neil Breen no is actually kind of cool I sort of like how he talks he's got a cool voice and you sort of he's a madman but he is a convincing madman and that Uh, it feels like he believes in himself and what he's doing would you like to have a beer with this man absolutely not you could not pay me enough money to sit in the same room as this gentleman
3: what would you like if you did get to talk to him I would would leave I would say could you please show me the exit say somehow in a circumstance neither of you have your phones Yeah, it's the two of you and you're waiting you're just in a room
2: well actually he came across as um, somewhat sane in the uh, money drive video his GoFundMe page eh He seemed somewhat relatable Yeah he seemed That guy And you know what This is art This is his art That he's making So he shouldn't have to Limit himself to normal Social niceties And social cues This
3: definitely is art
2: This is art I'll tell you I don't know much more About what this is But it is art
3: This That's the thing Here's the blanket scene It it looks like he's trying To wear his blanket With a hole in it But then he goes back To folding it And it is Look he's smiling
2: They're kind of joking Around a little bit but they're folding one piece of fabric each for so long that it doesn't make any also, sense. Also, the fabric
3: has... Both respective pieces of fabric has such a massive hole in it that folding it is the most redundant exercise, yeah. which is part <laughs> of why I think it's meant to be funny. It is... Uh, this is the thing, is if you took some of the... Sh- if you muted this movie, fact, you could almost play it in an art museum. All right, and people would sit down on that weird backless chair that they put about twenty meters from the screen and sort of watch it for five minutes, and yeah. then they'd be like, "Ah, I don't really understand that," and keep walking. And you could do that with this, and it would kind of hold up, yeah, because of how offbeat and uncomfortable it is.
2: So here's here's how I would like us to proceed. I think we should watch the whole back catalog of Neil Breen's
3: films for the next few. You like you podcasts. want more of this.
2: <laughs> I want content. Do you
3: know as the movie was sort of seventy minutes in? Tim said, "I miss we are your friends." So yeah. to say, this is such an uncomfortable and uh, you know arduous viewing. It experience. was ty- if we sound exhausted, it's because I am emotionally or
2: more mentally worn out by this film because you're constantly trying to make sense of what's around you,
3: and yeah. none of the parts you make want sense. a reason to keep watching. I do not know who's responsible for choosing this, but they. I, I, this I got multiple people out because this got voted. This got voted on. Fucking hell! But and it's someone voted floated fat, a few times. Really? In the past Yeah. This is up there with. I can't remember that movie we watched that. Uh, Sherry O'Terry was in. Um, it was something. Tale Was it called? It wasn't called. Southland Br- Tales. Southland Tales. Yeah. I thought that was confounding. That
2: was a sp- That was a different. Um, that was a kind of breed, Yeah. But even and even that, that was one like Her- Even that one with
3: Hercules in it. One with Hercules, where he was a religious professor, and he oh like Kevin challenge- Sorbo, that Christian movie that we watched, and he challenges the atheist. God's not dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a pearl, wasn't it? I mean, those are, those pale in comparison with regard to con- like just whatever the fuck, man. <laughs> um, I'll watch
2: more of these with you, though. Yeah, I think it's important that we do. I want to understand Neil Breen's oeuvre. More uh,
3: What about this Because What about we donate some What you and I Put yeah. some of our own Cold Cold hard earned Yeah Into his Next film
2: Yeah that feels right That feels right to me
3: Also this was a great scene Uh One of my favourites He's organised Several rock circles Going you know Like a ripple effect From the smallest In the middle Where he stands Outwards inside of uh, Some mountains or some peaks in the desert and there's like a good three minutes of him with his arms out in a Christ-like pose just rotating yeah, just and the shot varies from up a medium close-up on his face and arms to a wider shot where you see him amongst the circles and it just goes and goes and goes Can I just say on that mid-shot as well the
2: camera lens is visibly dirty <laughs> that's why there's so much um, oh. flare on Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. see the dirt on
3: that is a dirty lens, is what we're looking at there. Yeah? yeah, but, you know, they were. It was a guerrilla skeleton crew. You know, they're working on a tight budget, both time wise and money wise. I would love to
2: find. Uh, I would love to have a chat to the person who is the camera operator or director of they photography see, on they this. they have
3: film. to worship at the church of.
2: Well, that's what I mean. They would be interesting because I think they would be a good bridge between the insanity that is this finished product of a film and, and the real world because the camera work isn't terrible it's pretty terrible, Tim
3: yeah, Tim it is noticeably poor
2: well, only because you're comparing it against actual films that ah. exist in our world. this is like
3: mm. another another realm, you know this looks and feels like something an eleven year old made in the same way that the story just kind of keeps opening and going wider and it doesn't quite make sense and they never know what to nail into like everything about this which is yeah again which is why I find it uncomfortable that it got finished because there's so many opportunity, so much opportunity for so many people to be like, can we all just agree to bury this and never speak of it again? Do you think that this film
2: is a testament to that phenomenon, um, which is sort of commonly associated with Nazi Germany, of following orders and and no one kind of wanting to break ranks? They did that experiment in, um, well, it was it uh, Harvard or something? One of the I, Ivy I feel Leagues. I like it was Stanford. I think I don't yeah, know the met it was the prisoners and the yeah.
3: Uh, prison keepers or whatever a little bit like that the wardens
2: i guess it's a slightly different phenomenon but that thing of just bowing down to oh no i sorry i'm conflating that with their other experiment which was the one where um they had to shock someone oh, with yeah. the increasing voltages and if someone so they they got a participant off the street and just said hey come in and do this scientific experiment we'll give you you know a hundred bucks for your time and they came in and their job was to flick a switch And they thought that they were electrocuting someone at increasingly high voltages, but it turns out the person in the other room who was screaming when they got quote-unquote shocked was an actor, and the whole thing was make-believe. But in the mind of the participant, that voltage kept going up, and all it required was the scientist standing next to them in a lab coat to say, the experiment must continue and the participant kept increasing the voltage. So anyway, back to this, it feels like all the people who were going into making this was just like, hey, dude,
3: this is crazy, and Neil Breen being like, the f- The project must continue. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, someone had to have such a commitment of idea that they, they've had to see this thing through. Because if if the person in charge faltered for even one second this house of cards would have come tumbling down this was also a highlight a scene where he they come across an abandoned piano in the middle of the desert and he describes music as timeless and then they just bang out what is meant to represent music but it's an approximation (laughs) of piano noises it is not music it is four sets of untrained hands on a piano no four just four hands two sets of untrained hands on a piano now the funny thing about that scene as well is the fact that um They've
2: overdubbed
3: sound onto that and it still sucks. Yeah, that's why... It's still not good. That's why it's good. But that's the music he likes. I'm so gutted he didn't call himself Light and Fit. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it says on the yogurt pottle when he first names
2: himself. Um, Light and Fit, like that's genuine comedy. That would have been too close to a real something, a real moment of something. We both were willing him to say it. We really were. Because he sets it up like that's what exactly is going to happen. But
3: instead this genius time traveler who has not yet given himself a name just reverses one of the words oh fuck man I'm gonna turn turn it off how many
2: uh, thumbs up do you give this movie
3: I give this movie two thumbs down
2: (laughs) yeah so do I (laughs) no I don't I give it actually do you know what I give it zero thumbs in either direction because the ambition that is visible on screen really appeals to me it it highly appeals to me
3: there are some bad ideas i am impressed he got it done but i am angry he got it done (laughs) i'm shocked he got it done i'm confused that he got it done i am also yeah I, i mean i would be curious to know those people who voted or wanted this film to be discussed whether or not they've actually seen it i mean i would you know without it's very fa- hard to get Without the fact that we had to have this conversation I cannot imagine beyond how hard it is to get mm. Actually making myself sit through that I have never My body has never wanted to get, my, my phone is charging upstairs Yeah. The entire time I was watching it My brain and body was screaming out for sweet release like, yeah.
2: Some stimulus that wasn't in this picture
3: I got nothing left Well then we'll call it a day
2: Thank you so much for uh, voting on that little gem. That was our our wrap up, our
3: post watch discussion of Pass Through. Neil Breen's I'm gonna piste
2: résistance.
3: I'm gonna re- I'm gonna like get online and research the shit out of this dude starting right now. <laughs> I think we
2: all should. See you on the in- internet, everyone. And I think we're gonna call off voting for a little while and just hammer through some of these uh, the Breen verse. Catch you there, folks. Bye bye.